Hello, and welcome to Foul Puck, a podcast about sports ball for the rest of us. Unlike other sports ball podcasts, we talk about sports without assuming that you out there in listener land know everything that there is to know about yellow cards or offsides. Today, we've got a very special guest, so I want to introduce my friend, Mandy, who is joining us today to be our soccer expert, enthusiast. I guess I should introduce the other members of the pod as well. I'm Nancy. I'm your basketball enthusiast, and that was... Rachel, your anxious baseball enthusiast. Aww, and we also have... Uh, This is Rebecca, your hesitant hockey enthusiast. Hesitant hockey enthusiast. (laughs) I love it. Just, just in the current climate, the, is the hesitation. Uh huh. Well, yeah. that's that's fair. I can hardly blame you for that. So, just a little background here. We like to have the occasional expert on who is not one of us because there are many more sports than what we follow. Uh, in fact, and one of, in fact, the first sport back was women's soccer. Uh, which is terrific. And we've all been watching some of it. I know I've been watching quite a bit of it, um, which has been really fun. And I, uh, as potentially the other members of the pod as well, know fuck all about soccer. So I called up my friend (laughs) that said, Mandy, do you want to do this thing with us? Um, Mandy and I go way back. Uh, We went to college together, low these, you know, definitely only two to three years ago. And... And so I would like to welcome Mandy to the pod. Mandy, can you tell us uh, a little bit about yourself and a little bit about your background with sports? Sure. Um, So I am a personal trainer, personal training company, Markup Training. If anyone is looking for a virtual personal trainer, I do that as well. At Markup, M-A-R-Q, because it's a playoff of my last name. And then uh, half of them say at markup training and the other half say at markup personal. So, so I'll send the links. Um, But yeah, I do that. And then I'm also a soccer and goalkeeping coach for Girl Boss Sports, which is a little uh, company that started up here in Seattle, Washington to make sure that uh, women had opportunities to stay in sports after college when most of them quit and to encourage girls to not drop out because girls usually start dropping out of sports around age 14. So they don't just do soccer. They've got softball and football so far, and they were looking to add more to that. And then I used used to be a indoor soccer ref. And before all of that, I was a figure skater. I've actually only been playing (laughs) soccer for about three and a half years now. See, that's what I thought, because I remember from when we were in college together that you at least liked if we're not actively doing figure skating. Am I right about that? I competed in figure skating until I think 2011. I got injured and had to. I didn't know you competed. That's very cool. Devastating. Yes, I got a silver medal in sectionals in congratulations that's awesome yeah (laughs) um yeah and then I started just as a fan after Mm -hmm. the 2015 world cup I started going to the local Seattle rain at the time games in Seattle um and the next year I ended up volunteering 
to help with the team. So I was in charge of stadium setup. And then um, when they moved to Tacoma last year, no, two years ago, I they didn't have the stadium set up volunteer anymore. Mm-hmm. So I started doing stretcher crew. That's the people that carries players off the field when they get hurt. So the very last home game last season, 90th minute, so that's stoppage time. We can talk more about that later. Yes, please. <laughs> yes, please. We will I have questions. Lindsay Horan off of the field. She's a national team player, and I was on ESPN. Oh, Ooh, claim to fame. All and right. My, my other sports job that I just started is um, I also help edit and book podcast guests for She Plays Sports, which is oh, cool. a, I've heard of fan, that. Yeah, they're a fantasy sports site specifically for women's sports. So they've got all the women's sports leagues there. If you like fantasy games, they have some going on for the NWSL. Um, but yeah, I'm going to be in charge of editing their podcasts. So that's terrific. Cool. I feel the pain of your podcast. (laughs) (laughs) It's, you know, it's a journey of learning and discovering um, as we've gone along. I feel like we've learned a lot. We're coming, we're coming up right on a year, which I actually realized the other day and was right. right? Really excited about. I don't think we actually started recording until September, but we started talking about it in July. Um, No, we, we did record in I we, thought it was we August. had to have recorded in August because really? okay. I, yeah, because I left for Jordan and Australia the last week of August. Oh, that's right. So, so we recorded a bunch in August and then mm-hmm. one when I was in Australia. Mm-hmm. Well, good job us. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm sad I can't reprise the Australia part this year, but they uh, won't let me in. Yeah. They, yeah. <laughs> we'll save that for the current events podcast. Fair. Shall we? <laughs> So, so Mandy, you got into soccer, you said a couple years ago. Um, yeah, I think it's been about five years now. About five well, years. Yeah, because it was 2015. I okay. Mean, I watched it as a kid. Yesterday was the anniversary of the 1999 U.S. Women's National Team winning and mm-hmm. Mandy Chastain ripping off her jersey, which is what everyone remembers. Yep. <laughs> um, and and so rightly so. That. Yeah, and I watched World Cups, but other than that, I didn't start watching really all the time until 2015 years after the World Cup when I went to my first NWSL game, and I just was going to go to one game, and then I got hooked and Mm -hmm. never stopped going. So I got so involved, I had to be sitting on the field next to the players. (laughs) (laughs) That's valid. That's valid. So... Tell me what it is um, about it that really drew you in. So you went to one game. You were going to go as a fan. It was just going to be a one-off. What was it while you were watching that you were like, oh, shit, I got to do this again? Well, there was. there's a couple of things. And I'm going to say some of them are unique to women's soccer. Okay. I've, I've been to MLS games. In fact, I was at the Sounders game last year when they won the MLS championship and it was fun and exciting and there's a big crowd and they have chants and you can usually pick them up pretty quickly and get into just that whole really electric crowd feeling that just Mm -hmm. takes over. They've got that in women's soccer and men's soccer. That's not the difference. Women's Mm -hmm. soccer is, it feels a lot more 
because it's still so small, mm-hmm. it has more of a family sort of community aspect to it. You go oh. and you make friends with the people you're sitting next to, and some of them become like lifelong friends after one or two games of just mm-hmm. sitting there. They're people you could call on, on in an emergency and they'd be there for you. So wow. that's cool. They're wow. just very dedicated, wonderful fan base that will absolutely go to bat for the players. Um, and the players, um, it, it depends on what city you're in now and how big they've gotten. But generally, the players still go down after games and will spend like a good chunk of time like signing autographs and interacting with the fans and like sometimes you really can get to know them. I had an opportunity a couple times through the rain to do things. They had events called, um, there was one that was called train with the rain and one that was called ride with the rain. And it was a charity fundraiser. And I got to spend a couple of hours. The first one, uh, working out with rain players training alongside us and encouraging us along and their um, athletic trainer showed up and was telling us what to do. Um, that was before I became a personal trainer. It was part of my inspiration in that. That's so cool. That's awesome. And then the other one I wrote, a we did a, a spinning class and the playlist they used was to the two players that were there. It was their favorite music. And afterwards they just sat down and talked to us for like a half hour. And so it, it's really the, the, the players are still really good and kind of grassroots about things. I mean, it's more difficult, but you you go to a game, you become a season ticket holder, and you have an opportunity to like meet Ray- Megan Rapino and have her sign stuff. And it's it's cool to meet those people and and have those moments. I think that's you awesome. Don't- don't really get that everywhere. So. No, you definitely, no, definitely don't. Not. That's very true. So, okay. So you were talking about women's soccer in the U.S. And you're talking yes. about the National Women's Soccer League, of which there are currently nine teams and a tenth one being added. Is that correct? Yes. And they actually originally, they have had 10 teams and gone down. Oh, nine. really? What was yeah, the tenth one? Well, there's been a couple of teams that have um, folded and been bought and moved to other places so mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to say exactly which was the last one because the mm-hmm. year we went down to nine teams um kansas city became utah oh okay and then the boston breakers was the one that just folded and mm-hmm. no one picked it up oh, so. okay interesting and the what the north carolina courage that played in this game um when the league started were actually the Western New York Flash. Wow. I think, so, I, think I like the North Carolina Courage a little better. <laughs> yeah. the, the Flash were a part of the, one of the, I think it was the WSL, the Women's Soccer League. I can't right. remember if that was the first. There have been three or four previous Women's Soccer Leagues, and all of them have folded And the NWSL was the first one, I think, to make it past the dreaded, I think it was the five-year mark. That sounds right. Had given up the ghost. Right. This was the thing I was going to ask you about. Go ahead, Rebecca. Uh, How long has the NWSL been around now? Uh, I could have said it now. I can't. I think it's like eight or nine years. They started in uh, 2013. 
2013 or 2014? I think 2012. 2012. Yes. I always forget because I didn't come along till 2015. But. Mm-hmm. So they're in their eighth year. That's great. Yeah. yeah. And, and they've and made it, really. So far, if, yeah. If they can survive the coronavirus, which they right, got some yeah. sponsors. So they have they a shot. They did. So... So as you're saying, women's soccer in the U.S. has gone through several iterations. Um, but one thing that's kind of a constant is the national women's team, which or the U.S. national team, yeah. which is what goes and plays in the World Cup. So can you tell us, first of all, what the World Cup is? <laughs> that's a good question. <laughs> and then second of all... Uh, what like how do they make the US national team and what does that mean okay so i think the easiest way to explain the world cup is just to say that it is the olympics but only for soccer okay. of course <laughs> soccer still p- participates in the olympics but it's basically soccer's own thing where countries around the world have to qualify for it they only take so many teams depends on if it's the men's world cup or the women's there are less teams in the women's world cup color me shocked right (laughs) and um they put them in groups so they'll be usually it goes a b c d e f so that's six six groups Mm -hmm. i can count correctly it sounds right and yeah for the, for the women. I think there could be more groups for the men, obviously, because they have more teams. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't need to talk about that. It goes all the way to <laughs> D for the men. Uh, they have, I believe, 32 teams for the men, I think. That's so, fine. Men, men, men get, get enough, enough coverage on this podcast. We don't yeah. need to talk about <laughs> yeah. soccer. And each group will have four teams in it, and they all play each other. And at the end of the group stages – the top two from each group will go on into the bracket stages mm-hmm. and they'll play based off of first they'll draw which teams get from before the world cup starts they'll draw team one from group a will play team two from group f mm-hmm. until they fill it up and then it just falls the bracket all the way to the final Sometimes, like last year, you get some argument because of how the bracket falls. The U.S. had to play France in the, was it the quarterfinal? Yeah, quarterfinal. And the U.S. eliminated France. There were a lot of people that argued that that should have been the final. Uh, Oh, because they were were equally good or nearly equally good. Yeah, and I was at the final, and... I, th- I think you could argue it either way. Holland was incredible to watch, and they put up a very good fight. So, mm-hmm. so um, it doesn't use like a seeding system so that number one and number two don't meet each other until no, the end. It, okay. They draw it from like they'll pull out ping pong balls. So it's oh, all so it's literally random. random. Okay. Yeah, which is what some people get really been out of shape about because you do have that happen where mm-hmm. some teams get them like there will be every world cup men's or women's there is a quote-unquote group of death <laughs> <laughs> where all the good all the good teams end up in one group yes like most of the group will be good and they'll get like one team in there that's like from a 
underdeveloped country that oh. has no funding and can't really compete with the big guns so that have all the money. <laughs> so. Although, you know what? I, I'm, I'm not sure I mind that because that's probably a great opportunity for that underfunded, underdeveloped team to get press that they wouldn't get otherwise. Exactly. That's a good and point. in fact, that was a, a point that came up when the U.S. beat Thailand, I believe it was Thailand, 13 to nothing. I remember that. I didn't watch yeah. that game, but I remember that 13 to nothing. It, it was a big deal, but those Thai players will have learned more from that game because the U.S. did not let up than they would have otherwise because yeah. they were they playing the top players in the world. Um, it's a lot more complicated how you get on to a national team. And it does vary a little bit from country to country. But for the U.S., you really have to get into the U.S. soccer system mm -hmm. to really have a shot at that team. Mm -hmm. That might might change with our new head coach, I'm hoping. Um, what would be the alternative? Like, what's the um, other option there? So the other option is pulling not just players that are in the U.S. system, but um, so like Bethany Balser, who was the rookie of the year for the rain last year. And she's mm -hmm. the one that in the rain game that they finally scored a goal. She's the one that scored the goal. Mm -hmm. um, she didn't go to any of the big, I think, I can't remember what it, an I, she went to an ISIA or something like that. Not one of the major colleges. Mm-hmm. And she, normally she wouldn't have even made it into the NWSL. They don't really look at those players. Hmm. But her coach got in Vlatko's ear and got her invited to the rain camp. Mm -hmm. And she tried out and she impressed him. So she got on the team because she's been to a smaller school. I'm 90% sure she also hasn't been in the U.S. soccer system playing at in the U18s or the U21s or all the youth teams mm -hmm. that help get you in line to play on the national team. Okay. So because he's already picked her once mm -hmm. and has seen what she can do, he is now the U.S. national team coach. Mm -hmm. I could see him doing that again. I see. So. so how often is the World Cup? How often do we get one of these U.S. national teams? Um, so the national team constantly plays every year. The World oh. Cup is once every four years. Uh -huh. Then the next year, generally, that would be this year, they do send a team to the Olympics. Oh, okay. So the men's team does not send their senior players. They send okay. their under-21 team to the Olympics. Mm -hmm. The women send their senior players. So year after playing a World Cup, they're usually there at the Olympics trying to get a gold medal, which is why there's not been a back-to-back -back World Cup champion and gold medalist. We were hoping to break that this year. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get the chance next year, but it will not be back-to-back because -back we'll have so, a year off. So is that like the because they haven't had a year off, that's why there's speculation that there hasn't been a back-to-back -back in the women's? Yeah, exactly. The players okay. are usually still exhausted. They don't okay. have okay. as much time to recover or bring in new players. So you get your sure. older players. Um, 
And then in the years in between, currently they just play a lot of friendlies. Like we have probably three or four U.S. tournaments, and then other countries will host tournaments. So we have the She Believes Cup and the Tournament of Nations. So we'll pull over some big teams like France and Brazil, England, so that we can play them and stay sharp. And every year they kind of reset who is on the national team. Um, that's important with the NWSL because those federation players, as they're called, that are officially signed on and contracted with U.S. soccer for that year, their salaries in the NWSL are paid by your U.S. soccer. Oh. oh. Meanwhile, mm. the, the players that are not on the national team, mm -hmm. they get paid a lot less. Yeah. Um, and the, the NWSL okay. has raised their salary cap a lot, but it's still, I think we're at 15000 this year is, is the, min oh the minimum salary. Nothing. It's, yeah. Yeah. They've added housing, year-round housing allowances, finally. That's something. Vehicle. But it wasn't that way until this year. Right. Um, so when you say the, the like, national I, – I know that's not the right word, but the, the like, Olympic soccer organization. National is – yeah, national oh, okay. is right. So the National League pays their their – regular league salaries but it's more than the nwsl minimum is that right yeah so they'll they will get okay. paid a set amount from u.s soccer for staying and playing in the nwsl as okay. a national team player okay. and they're paid separately they have a separate union from the rest of the players that are negotiating with the league mm. Okay. So, wow. So, how does all of that affect like team culture and stuff like I, that? It it has an impact, and there's actually a really good um, just women's sports has been doing uh, Instagram live with a former NWSL goalkeeper Haley Kottmeyer, and a, a man uh, David Copland Smith. He runs a soccer training program called Beast Mode Soccer for like a lot of really high level national team and NWSL players. Um, so they get on this uh, Instagram live and they've been talking about each of the games. And one thing that Haley brought up because she was not a national team player was that not only do they ha have this disparity in pay and the way they're treated and things like that, the refs also call the game differently for the NWSL regular players versus the national team players. Oh my so God, national team it. players can basically get away with a lot more because they don't want them to get hurt. They, oh, shit. They'll, they'll call things if you're not a national team player that they won't call on the national team players. And, and they won't call things if you're just a regular player that's not on the national team. And they've, they've that's free, wild. Like, is this something that the refs admit to, or is this just one of those things that everybody knows? I think it's a thing that everybody knows. Like, everybody who works within it, the system, is very aware that it happens. Yeah. But no, that's they don't crazy. publicly say it to the crowds. But <laughs> Haley did bring that up on, on, on their uh, live chat. So that, that hmm. was, uh, we all thought that 
but to hear it confirmed by a former player was it said yeah a that's lot. A, that's a different level of yeah. <laughs> actual confirmation yes and wow. then i think so we did need to get into kind of the basic rules i guess yes right? yes, yes yes please let's so let's start at the very very beginning there is a ball yes it is it round. is <laughs> it is round it's black and white it's not like always not is, always. It, is okay. it pink because it's women's soccer? <laughs> no. In, in fact, oh, um, I have the game ball from the year before last sitting here. So I will show oh. it to you guys and I'll describe it to our guests. Yeah. I got you got to send us a picture period. for the Instagram too. Yes. Yes. Oh, so oh cool. It is orange and yellow and it changes every year what colors they use. So okay. last year, I think it was blue. That was the highlight color. This year's is my favorite, but I really love purple. So. Okay. Okay. So it's a ball. It's like slightly larger than the human head, let's say. Yeah. Like about that size. <laughs> and round. This, and round. Yeah. Good. Rounder, Rounder than, than the, the human, human head. head. The human yeah, head. Okay. Yes. It's uh, heavier than a volleyball. Okay. But it's lighter than the human head. (laughs) Most things are. (laughs) This is getting into like serial killer podcast now. You're the one who immediately compared it to a human head. (laughs) You're the one who knows what the weight of the human head is. I'll opt out. Lighter than a kettlebell. (laughs) Okay. That's good. Lighter than a kettlebell. It's um, Imagine kicking a kettlebell. Oh, oh. kettlebell! That would be ill advised. Oh no, I don't want to imagine that. I like my toes. You'd rather okay. kick a human head? No, I didn't yes. say that. Keep going. For the sake of my toes, yes. Than a kettlebell, yeah. <laughs> a little shock absorption there. Come on. Okay. So we have this ball. Yes. And it's played on a field. <laughs> Sorry, we got as far as the ball and derailed it. That's, that's a new record. I am, I am shocked that balls took us off the rails. Oh, golly. Yeah, well. Yeah, usually I mean... balls. Um, sorry, I was going to go even further off the rails. That's, that's the other, I think, plus of soccer. I mean, I love watching it because it is fun to watch. Right. It's sure. like, like a, a dance at times. It uh-huh. can be very beautiful. That's why they call it the beautiful game. Um, but I just forgot what I was saying. So. <laughs> well, so, so we have a ball. We have a field. It's a big field. How big is it? Like, it's it's large. It's large. It's I can't remember. So it, there's the goalkeeping box. This will give us a good idea. Okay. The, the inside goalkeeping box, because there's a box inside of a box inside of a rectangle. Okay. It's divided in half. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The goalkeeping inner box mm-hmm. is six yards. The okay. bigger goalkeeping box, that, so that's the one that goes from the goalpost and out in front to the other goalpost. And then there's okay. another box that's wider that goes from from the uh, like few yards to the side of the goal, and then around that one is twenty yards. Mm-hmm. So um, the goal itself is is six yards, so that would be eighteen feet. Yes. Okay. And then that is like half of a half, almost. I want to say maybe not exactly, but pretty close. Mm-hmm. And in between the two goal boxes, halfway is the line down the middle with a mm-hmm. big circle in it, mm-hmm. and you put the ball in the middle of the circle to start mm-hmm. out. Okay. And 
kick the ball to your teammate mm -hmm. behind you. And that starts the game. Each half, a different team will kick off the ball. Okay. So this gets to some of the good basics. So soccer is played by kicking a ball around. You can't touch it with your hands or your forearms, right? Like those are the no-go zones. Anything, you can hit it with your shoulder. Okay. If it's too low on your shoulder, they count that as an arm. So okay. So you want to okay. hit like the top of your shoulder at best. Mm -hmm. But heads are fair game. Body is fair game. Just anything from the shoulder down is not. Yeah. No, okay. no arms, no hands. No arms, no hands. Unless, Unless you're the goalkeeper. Inside okay. Good point. of the 20-yard yes. box. If mm -hmm. you're outside of that, you can't use your hands. Okay. So you have, you have the ball, you have the field, you have two goals on each end, similar to hockey in this case, but much, much bigger goals. Yes. Um, and you have the goalie whose object, whose main role in the game is to prevent the ball from getting into the net. Yes. And that is the whole point of the game. Again, much like hockey, is to get the ball into the other team's net. Yes. Exactly. Okay. Yes. Uh, but you said soccer is played in halves. So it's a 90-minute game, right? Yes. So there's two 45-minute halves, and they don't stop the clock for mm -hmm. anything. So all that time, when they do stop the clock, either because someone's scored a goal or they've kicked the ball out of bounds and they have to throw it or kick it back in. Mm -hmm. Or if someone has been injured or they're mm -hmm. giving people cards, um, that time is added on to the end of the half. And that's called stoppage time. Mm -hmm. So once you get to the end of 45 minutes or 90 mm -hmm. minutes, you see that little plus three to 10 is the most I've ever seen minutes. Mm -hmm. And it's at the ref's discretion. So it does not have to go exactly that three to ten minutes or one minute over. When the ref says it's over, then it's over. And he says it's over by blowing the whistle twice. Hmm. So that's, that's why of, soccer that's players a lot of, will like, say... authority. For yeah. yeah. It is. It is. And that's why soccer players will say play to the whistle. Because uh, until you hear that double whistle, the game is not over. Even if you've theoretically spent more time than what was intended. Exactly. Or if somebody scores in that period of time. Mm -hmm. Yes. Which, that was the Bethany Balser that I talked about earlier. The goal she mm -hmm. scored at that last game was, I think, 90 plus two minutes in mm -hmm. is when she scored the goal. Okay. So okay. But, so so she scored that goal 90 plus 2 minutes. If the ref hadn't called the end of the game, could somebody else have scored after her? Yes. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Go yeah, ahead, it's Rachel. not it's not sudden death like hockey is. The only time it is sudden death is in a tournament like the World Cup or the Olympics. If you're in the semifinals and the finals and they will have you play the first 90 minutes in stoppage time, then it will go into overtime, which is another... It's a half hour, it, isn't it? It's another half hour, yeah. And then after that, it will go to penalty kicks. If it's still tied after penalty kicks, then it can go to sudden death. Okay. Sometimes. Wow. So, yes. How or common is that? Penalty kicks. <laughs> um, it, it doesn't happen very often. Okay. 
As I was going to say, I've seen some games go to penalty kicks. So they play the full 90 minutes, they play the stoppage time, they play another half hour, and then they get to the penalty kicks. But I don't think I've ever seen it go past that phase. I think I've seen maybe one time in my life that it went to what's called the golden goal. So Mm -hmm. that extra extra time mm-hmm. when everybody's dead and it's just yeah. like you've got to end this or it's going to be baseball. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Okay. And nobody think- wants that. <laughs> yeah, nobody <laughs> wants baseball. <laughs> I love baseball, but that is my least favorite part about baseball is you never know when the game's going to end. Yeah, and yeah, at the end when everybody's tired and clearly wants to go home, that's, that's not fun to watch anymore. So, um, I have a question, and you may not be able to answer it, but, like, the timing system seems so different from most other professional sports. Um, is there a reason for that? Did it, like, come from a different, like, because the clock counts up, they don't stop it for anything, they just sort of estimate at the end. Is there a good reason for that? I am just <laughs> going to blame it on the that? English, since it's there. <laughs> Their game that they made up. <laughs> that sounds valid. I don't know so, the, the history sure, be- why not? behind that decision, but, you know, they just wanted to be different, I'm going to say. <laughs> that checks out. So this is as good as an answer for, as any. Sure. For televised Obviously, soccer. So for televised soccer, do the do the commercials just, like, break in during pl- during play? Do they wait till there's a stoppage and, like, jump in? There are no commercials until halftime. Ooh. And so the way that advertisers have gotten around that so they can get their name in is you will notice there are boards all over yeah. around that are just covered mm-hmm. in sponsors. Yes, mm-hmm. I did notice that. They mm-hmm. also are plastered all over the pl- player's jersey. Some of them in awkward spots. There are sponsorships on people's butts. Yep, <laughs> I did notice that one. Yep. So that's that's how they do it. There's no commercial breaks at all. Basketball's kind of getting to that I point too. About soccer because I hate commercial. I like I like watching basketball, but every five seconds it's a commercial yep. break. You're not wrong. Every timeout is a new commercial break. So okay, so we have the two goalies. We have the ball. We have the field. We have the goals. How many people are on the field and what are their roles? So there are. With the goalkeeper, 11 players on each team. So you have 10 field players. On each team or on the field? On each team. So that's 22 players, right? But on each team on the field. Yes. Like there there are more than 11 on the sidelines. Yes. And the amount of substitutions (laughs) that they can have kind of varies depending on if it is a friendly or if it's a league game or the World Cup, an official thing like that, or if it's COVID-19. So most <laughs> years, they're allowed three subs. This mm-hmm. year, they're allowed five. Oh, okay. But they have to make the five substitutions in three different periods. So they can't sub five times separately. They have to do like two subs and then one mm-hmm. sub and then two subs okay. so that it doesn't take up more time. Mm-hmm. Okay. That still seems so low. Yeah. Five subs yeah. per 90 minutes. Yeah. And it's it, friendlies. You can have a lot more. So if you're just playing the U S versus England and it's for fun, then mm-hmm. I think they get six subs and they can take them whenever. Hmm. 
So, okay. So 11 per team on the field. Who are they? What are they doing? So it depends on the formation that the coach chooses. Okay. You will generally have at least one forward or striker up top. That's the Mm -hmm. person scoring the goal. Okay. And then you'll have generally four, maybe five, maybe three. But four is, it's usually a two up top, four in the middle. That's the midfielders. Mm -hmm. They're the ones that connect the ball from the back to try to get it to the front so the person can score a goal. They'll help out. Sometimes they score goals. Um, And then you have defenders. That's your back line. Usually Mm -hmm. there's four. Sometimes coaches get very daring and go down to three so that Mm -hmm. they can have more people in the middle or more people up front. That leaves you kind of open to attack from the other team. Mm -hmm. But if you're very good at possessing the ball and not letting the other team hold it, then it's a good strategy. Okay. um, You can also have, although it's super, super rare, you could have five defenders. Mm -hmm. But I don't think people do that very often. Okay. That feels like it would be a very specific strategy for a very specific time. Yeah. If you're not a good team, then... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that would be the time and then you're just going to lock down the back of the field and try to keep the other team from scoring and play what's called long balls up to the top and just try to kick the ball all the way down the field so that your lone striker can put it in the goal should he get off <laughs> Sweden has actually used that I don't know that they had five defenders but that's generally their women's team what they have done against the US and that is how they kicked us out of the last like meetings. <laughs> they just locked it down and we couldn't score and then they got in one lucky goal and hope so they'll call them cowards <laughs> oh <burn. laughs> it, it ended pretty much that was the last straw for her that was the excuse i think u.s soccer used to kick her out <laughs> <laughs> okay so all right so you have defenders and you have midfield fielders and you have strikers or forwards and you have the goalie and it's all going back and forth and you're trying to get the ball back you know one end to the other end so on and so forth rachel has a question yes yes and you may be getting to this um so for the the different positions are there like if you're a defender you can't go past a certain line or how does that work anybody can move pretty much anywhere um, even the goalkeeper could come out and score a goal, which has happened before. Uh, Michelle wow. Bados, the goalkeeper for the rain during that last game, has actually scored a goal um, in the middle of a game. It doesn't that's happen wild. very yeah. often. I think that's the only time I've ever... I mean, there was one other I saw, a men's team, that there was... I think it might have even been penalty kicks and the goalkeeper scored a goal. Do do so, other goalies get really excited when that happens? Because they do are they terribly embarrassed if you're the goalie who gets <laughs> scored on by the other goalie? It depends on how good of a goal it is, I think. <laughs> if it's a very good goal, then you're just like, well, I'm mad that you scored on me, but I'm still like, that was awesome. <laughs> so, um, But yeah, so they can move around. Usually the defensive players will... Defensive players will often end up, if it's a very attacking game, they will end up up top 
and sometimes score goals even. Um, so it, it does depend. All the players can move pretty much all over. The one rule, and this is the most difficult and confusing rule in soccer, is offside. So tell us about offsides. Yes. yes I will tell you all about offside. So the simplest way to explain it is that the offensive team cannot score a goal unless they have one of two options. So either they have to have two players from the defending team between them and the goal before they get the ball, or they have to have the ball in front of them. So once the ball is in front of you, mm-hmm. you can then run one-on-one against the goalie or just knock it into an empty net. But before the, if the ball, if your teammate's passing the ball from clear in the back, you cannot run up and cherry pick. There has to be two players, usually the goalkeeper and one defender between you and the goal. Hmm. So when it's not the two player piece, but when it's the ball is in front of you, does it matter who, um, who moves the ball like across the, the, um, midfield line or anything like that? Do you have to have control of it or just the ball can just be out there and you'll come up behind it and go for it? The ball can just be out there and you can go for it. Um, The exception for this, and this did come up in one of the games in the NWSL Cup. So if a goalkeeper has the ball and they're doing a goal kick, you have to let them clear the ball first. If they go to take a clearance on the ball and they kick it funny or they roll it out and it doesn't go where they want it to, you can run up and then go score a goal on that goalkeeper. Mm -hmm. What does clearing the ball mean? So they either have to, it just means they try to kick it out of the way. So they're going to try to get it either far upfield or to one of their players. Anytime that, so goal kicks are, so in soccer, you've got the sideline and then the behind the goal line. If the ball goes out of bounds on a sideline, then one of the teams just throws it in, overhead throw in. If it goes out on that back line behind the goal, then if the attacking team kicked it out, the goalkeeper gets to kick the ball back into play from their goal box. Mm -hmm. If the other team, or if the defending team, the goalkeeper's team, kicked the ball out of bounds, that's when they have that corner kick. Mm, Okay. From the corner. Um, So on the goal kick, when the goalkeeper goes to kick the ball into play, they have to have, control of the ball once they lose control of the ball they have put it in play and anyone can come and get it so there was a goal that happened before the game we watched that was disallowed because the goalkeeper went to kick the ball into play she bounced it first and then kicked it what's called a half volley so that means the ball is bouncing up off the ground and then you kick it with your foot. So it's Mm -hmm. intentional. She had control of it, and the goal was disallowed because the player came up from less than two feet away, didn't give the goalkeeper room to put the ball in play before they attacked. Mm. So no goal. Okay. But if if the goalkeeper had just dropped the ball or bounced it and didn't have control of it or 
rolled it out, then that player could have ran in there, snatched up that ball before it got to another player, and it would have been a valid goal. Okay. Okay, cool. So I'm I'm curious now, because it sounds like there are not necessarily hard and fast rules about where the individual players are on the field other than the goalie. Um, Do you get any sort of like flexibility in the position you play. So like if I were a defender and, you know, we were doing like a four defender strategy and then for some reason the coach wanted to go to a three defender strategy, could I then go play midfielder for a game or would they just have like another midfielder on the team who they would bring in instead and I'd sit out for a game? Like how flexible is that sort of thing? It's so flexible that Mm -hmm. last year – the Rain FC goalkeeper, Michelle Bados, <laughs> ruptured her Achilles and had to be brought off. Ouch. The Rain had, had used all of their substitutes. So they're going to mm-hmm. have to play with only 10 players and nobody's a goalkeeper. They can't bring on a goalkeeper. So we Oh, even in the case of an injury, you can't have even, an additional substitution? Wow. Even with an injury. So we, our coach sent one of our midfielders, Morgan Andrew, and stuck her in goal for, I think it was the last seven minutes of the game. The longest seven minutes minutes of Morgan Andrews' life. (laughs) She made a save. She was, like, considering she's a midfielder, she did spectacular. That's amazing. It was a highlight for sure. That's awesome. Okay. All right. Good to know. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about this game that we watched. So this was a game. uh, Nancy, I'm just... I'm going to interrupt real quick and just point out that we're at the 47 minute mark. So Mm -hmm. you were right to laugh at me when I suggested this might be a short (laughs) episode. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Rebecca was like, do you think we should keep the soccer one under an hour? (laughs) Like, I love that you're optimistic about this. (laughs) So we watched this game. Um, Oh, I should back up. So women's, Soccer, the National Women's Soccer League, was the first professional sport to return in America during this current bullshit, a.k.a. the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, And they started this thing called the Challenge Cup, which is being held in Utah, and it's a month-long series of games. Um, And it is eight of the nine teams, because unfortunately one of the teams had a little outbreak of uh, infectious disease before the Challenge Cup started and had I to drop. I am shocked. I, am I know. Right? Orlando is a soccer team is a little bit cursed, too. Are they? About two years. So the fact that it was them, nobody was surprised. There's a their fans have been picking the other teams and everybody's been like, you are cursing us if you pick us. Oh, no. <laughs> wow. A few of their picks have won, so they have broken the curse. Okay, good. That's good to know. Because Rachel wants to be an Orlando Pride fan because she's from Orlando, so this is... Yeah. So I've got the courage, but they're they're kicking ass, so... Yes. Yep. There you go. I, I have some people I can hook you up with, Rachel. Um, okay, good I, to know. I... In addition to the rain, have supported the Orlando Pride because one of my oh, very favorite good. players used to play for them. So, All and right. purple can't go wrong with yes. purple. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, so the Challenge Cup uh, started off. They're all they're all in this bubble. These eight teams now are in this bubble in Utah, 
Um, which is personally a little hilarious for me watching the games because I'm like, oh yeah, I know that mountain silhouette. Oh, very nice. Um, and they, as far as I know, and Mandy, correct me if I'm wrong, but since they've been there and have been playing for like the last two weeks or so, it's been going pretty well. Like they haven't had any outbreaks. They haven't had any players that I've heard of have to withdraw. The teams are all like the games are going ahead. They are all wearing masks uh, on on the sidelines, except for the coach. The one the one coach, it seems like, does not wear a mask so he can yell at the players as they're playing. Yeah. Uh, but it seems like everything's going pretty well. So we watched a game July 1st, uh, and it was the North Carolina Courage, who are last year's champions. Is that right, Mandy? Oh, or two years they've, ago? They've won two years in a row. And actually, when they were the North, or before they were the North Carolina Courage, when they were um, New York, mm-hmm. Western New York, um, they actually had won at least one other championship. Mm-hmm. So, and they basically, when that team was sold and became North Carolina, they moved those same players down. So okay. the team has changed a little bit since then, but the the first championship team was almost the same um, mm-hmm. composition as the New York team that had won. So okay. they have kind of steamrolled everyone for a while. Yeah, three years out of eight is a significant <laughs> percentage. Yeah. Um, and they were playing the Washington Spirit, um, which, as I had heard, they're not necessarily a new team, but they had had a lot of team turnover in the last year, it seemed like. They replaced, like, yeah. a third of their players or something like that. Yeah, they've got a very – and it's been in their favor because Washington Spirit have been – until last year, they were, like, them and Sky Blue FC, which has mm-hmm. also had a lot of turnover – were expectedly always the bottom of the table. Mm, and then Orlando okay. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> has spent two, three years now because they automatically qualify for last place again, thanks to uh, some Dropping out. bar hopping. I mean, and uh-huh. some false positive tests. We'll give them mm. a little bit of a break. But, um, uh, yeah, Orlando's been three years in last, last place on the – table so well the only and place they, to go from there is up so <laughs> there you go a lot of huge names so everybody's been like what is wrong <laughs> but yes uh, oh, people have been asking that for years uh, <laughs> it, it's not just a soccer team question <laughs> but yeah washington spirits had a lot of turnover they do have some really real and have for a while they've had um ashley hatch rose lavelle and mm-hmm. um, Andy Sullivan, mm-hmm. who Rose Lavelle and Andy Sullivan, Rose Lavelle solidly on the U.S. national team. Andy Sullivan gets regularly called up, and Ashley Hatch, uh, speaking of Utah, who graduated from BYU. No question, her last name's Hatch. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> she's at least had appearances on the national team squad. So they've had good players, and Washington Spirit also probably has one of the, if not the best, goalkeeper mm. probably in the world in Aubrey Bledsoe, who started in Orlando, by the way, okay. and was a second string keeper until Ashlyn Harris injured herself in Seattle very badly. Mm. And she just like really showed off and became a starter, got traded to Washington Spirit the year after that so that she could have a starting position. So 
they've they've got a solid goalkeeper. They have a pretty good defense. They seem like they've just been waiting, and they have, I think, a new coach, and the new mm. coach has made a big difference. Okay. So I had watched not all of, but a significant portion of the Women's World Cup last year and watched the U.S. games. My my office is very into sports um, and would like to broadcast, you know, the World Cup games, both men's and women's in the break room, and we would watch them. Um, and I remember at the time really liking and watching Rose Lavelle, who's on the Washington Spirit. Um, and one of the things that I was noticing this time watching this game is like, the thing that always impresses me with soccer is just like, it is nonstop running. Like everybody is just running all the time. There are no timeouts. Like you're just, you're running one way and then you're running the other way and then you're running this way and then you're following this. Other. It's just like exhausting to watch. But Rose <laughs> hey, I think they get seems... a hydration break in they there. Get they a get hydr- a cup okay. of water. They get a hydration <laughs> break. Only when it's hot. Those, yeah, those it's not a standard. <laughs> but Utah is very hot. That's and very. It's a higher elevation. Dry. That's why yeah. yeah. Giving them hydration. Yeah, and also because good. of COVID, they want to make sure everyone stays hydrated. Yeah, it's good. That, that was sarcasm. I am all in favor of hydration. <laughs> I think that's the, the, uh, the position of the podcast. If you watch the Premier League, they call them comfort breaks. Oh. And me and my roommate like British. it so much that we've started calling it comfort breaks, and that's when we go for ice cream. Oh, nice. (laughs) I like it. I like it. So I was watching Rose Lavelle, and the thing that stands out to me, just, you know, as somebody who knows nothing about this, but watching her is, first of all, she seems faster than everybody else. Like, she seems to like, everybody's running and everybody's running back and forth, and they're all moving fast by my standards. And then Rose Lavelle comes out and just like, runs around them all. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and goes and scores. So it's a combination of like, she seems to be quick, um, but also seems to like be very good at, um, I don't know if it's like finding the open space or just like making things go where she wants them to go. What is that that she's doing that I'm like, it, it, it is fine. She's finding the open space. That's okay. The number one thing every soccer coach will try to drill into your head is look for and find that open space. Mm hmm. Don't pass the ball to the other team. Turnovers are bad. I write that one down. There should be no way to say that, but like the amount of You'd times people don't look for their passing, <laughs> just blast it right to the other team. But yeah, she's good at finding the open space. She's good at creating space. So if you mm-hmm. move and you get the other players to move, that opens up mm-hmm. space. And her teammates are also good at creating space so that she can find it. Um, mm-hmm. So that, that's an important part. She's got good accuracy also, mm-hmm. I believe, with her shots. So I read someone commented on Twitter, and I'm not sure if I agree with it or not yet, but I might. Um, that Ashley Hatch has a lot of pace on her ball, so that's how hard she hits it. Mm. So it's moving when she hits it, but her accuracy is not as accurate. Mm-hmm. So – and. In soccer, like to beat that goalkeeper, yes, that goal is pretty big, but those goalkeepers are fairly talented. So mm-hmm. you need to hit it where they aren't expecting it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because, well, yeah, I mean, that makes sense because they, at this point, they face so many 
goals coming at them, they have a sense for where things are going to go. Yes. And almost every single goalkeeper in the league is five foot nine. Really? Yes. There are a couple that are taller than that. No one is shorter than that. Oh, okay. Good to know. uh, Casey Murphy is the tallest one for the range. She's six foot one. How many goalies, goaltenders does a team have? Um, usually we'll have three, but, um, it depends on for the Olympics, you might have only two just because you have smaller roster numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, but usually they'll have three. Occasionally they might have four, but usually that's in like preseason before they cut the numbers okay. down. And when do, when they start goaltenders, I mean, presumably the goaltender stays in the whole game. Yes. Um, the exception to that is uh, college soccer. Um, the North Carolina team, uh, Anson Dorrance is, is the coach of the women's soccer, and he likes to switch his goalkeepers at the half. <laughs> I have not seen anyone else do that. So, If you switch at the half, does it count as a substitution? Um, yes, but college soccer, I believe, oh. has looser substitution rules. Okay. Do you, do you, sorry, I apparently have more questions about goaltenders. Um, Do you, does a team, does a team typically rely on one goaltender over the other? Yes. So you'll notice the numbers on the back of the soccer players jerseys. Those kind of have meaning sometimes. um, Because like hockey, they they kind (laughs) of have meaning sometimes. Sometimes. So there's like a positional chart. So Carly Lloyd, for instance, is a number 10. Usually a number 10 is like kind of a, I'm going to say this wrong, but I'm just going to say like a more forward midfielder. And then Mm -hmm. you get like a nine that's supposed to be like your striker. Goalkeepers are number one. So a lot of goalkeepers will have the number one on their jersey. If they're the second stream goalkeeper, then usually they will have a much higher number like 18 or 20 okay yeah but they get to pick their numbers so even if you're a a number one goalkeeper ashlyn harris picks uh i think either 24 or 18 Hmm. she's the starting goalkeeper for the pride she's the number two for the u.s but um even on her team where she starts all the time she goes with her favorite number okay Hmm. Rachel, did you have other gold goalkeeper questions? Oh yeah, uh, I was just wondering why they wear uh, different uniforms from the rest of their team. Okay, that is actually a really good question. So, part of the reason that they do that is so that they stand out from everyone else on the field, so the referees will know that they are allowed to touch the ball. Oh, uh, that makes that sense. Makes sense totally. And, and they get those actually, big neon gloves. Yeah. The goalkeepers big cannot gloves, yeah. wear the same color as anyone else on the field, including the other goalkeeper. So they right. I noticed they're different colors. Yeah. yeah. Four or five shirt options. Mm-hmm. Five or six. Maybe. Yeah. You look at a highlighter pack and you can see I think, <laughs> yeah. the options there. Whereas the teammates have two options, the lighter color and the darker color. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the referees also have to have I think there's four or five. I was a referee, so I have four different, but there might be even more um, 
different shirts because they can't be the same color as anyone else on the field either right. because that would show partiality. And just get confusing, I'm sure. I'm sure it would, yes. <laughs> so in this game and, and in the other games that I was watching, there were a few different draws, i.e. there were a few games that ended at 90 minutes and stoppage time with nobody having scored. Um, yes. I was very surprised by this. I would have thought I was expecting it to go to like penalty kicks or whatever. So my first question is, why is a draw sometimes allowed and not others? And second of all, how is that counted? Like if they're doing a tournament and you have, you know, three teams that keep ending in draws, how do you end up ranking them? Okay, so the draws are for, you can have those in a regular season league game, mm -hmm. or if you're having a tournament like this, the opening stages, the group stage usually, or in this case, it's everyone, but it's mm -hmm. um, the early stages of the game. Everybody just gets points. Okay. So you get three points if you win the game, two points, or sorry, there is no two points. <laughs> There's no two points. You get three points, you get one point if you draw, and you get no points if you lose. Okay. And if, like right now, the entire table, you have five teams that are tied at, I believe, four points. So everybody's mm -hmm. one, one, lost one, and draw. So they're tied at four points, and then it goes to goal differential. So who scored more goals or lost by more goals in the mm -hmm. game that they won and lost. Okay. And also that they tied, because you do score goals in the tie. Well, but that's sometimes. So it doesn't apply yet. But right. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. So you don't count those ones, just the ones you win or lose. But if there's a tie, your goal differential against that specific team would be even, but mm -hmm. your goal differential, like if there's a tie with, with goal scored, your your differential would be the same with that your opposing team, but your goal differential would be different with the other teams. Like if you if you and I draw at one apiece and Rachel and Nancy draw at nothing, our goal differential is better than theirs, mm -hmm. right? So wouldn't that this still is, count? This, this is where I have thrown – I think there are instances where they might look at that. But for the okay. gold differential, it's just the difference of you won by this many, you lost by this many. Okay. Okay. So they throw I, out the, the draws. Yeah, they, they kind of okay. throw out the draws. But, um, okay. yeah, so after this round, we will be in the quarterfinals. So you either win or lose, and that is when it goes to penalty kicks. Okay. Overtime. Because... Okay. There has to be a winner. Right. So they but just hadn't gotten to that point yet. Yeah. So early okay. on, it just gets to be everybody plays everybody. Mm -hmm. And it, it's just points. And then when you get to elimination rounds, that's mm -hmm. when the penalties come into play. Okay. That makes okay. sense. And what does penalty kicks, what does that look like? Um, so for either if someone commits a foul that is worthy of a penalty kick like if there's a foul inside of that 20 yard box or if you've gone past overtime then one player so for either one you're going to get one player that gets the ball placed at a specific place and they just get to kick it 
at the goal. If it's because of a foul, the other team gets to form a wall to try to stop that. And they can have the play, the team that has the player kicking the ball can have their players up there too, to help get the ball in the net. If it is um, the game is tied situation and we're in those penalty kicks then it's one-on-one, -on -one, one player and the goalkeeper until I think they do. You said it's seven? Seven, yeah. So at the end of seven, um, if it's still even, then you would go on to that golden goal. And then after that, you would have another round. There have been times, so they get to pick uh, the first seven players to do it, but like you have to rotate. If it keeps going with penalty kicks, you get everyone in there. There have been goalkeepers that have had to take penalty kicks because it was tied so much that that was the way to break it. So, and sometimes I think instead of going to the golden goal situation, they just do more penalty kicks. And I am not sure what factors into when they do which. I just I feel like symbol. penalty kicks must be just like the thing that keeps goalies up at night, you know? Yeah, because it, it actually does favor the kicker over the goalkeeper. The well, goalkeeper yeah. Has a 50% <laughs> chance of guessing the right direction, and they are uh -huh. just going to have to guess. Uh huh. If they guess right, then they've got a good chance of staying <clears> it. If they don't, then there's nothing they can do. Yeah. Yeah, it seems terrible. We've had this conversation on the podcast before. Goalie seems like the worst position because it's like you know, all or nothing, so right? Either pressure. it goes in or it doesn't. Like, and well, and in hockey, it. there are some times where you're not sure whether it went in or not. <laughs> but they yeah. decide it one way or another. They do determine. Yeah. <laughs> they have those sensors and that. Uh -huh. They yeah. try really hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In soccer, sometimes during the World Cup, for instance, they did have VAR, which is the video review system. Oh, did they? So in the right circumstances, they can take a second look at mm -hmm. penalties and goals. Mm -hmm. But in regular league games, we don't have VAR. So Okay. Okay. <laughs> so another thing that came up uh, while uh, we were watching this game was <clears throat> multiple times, because one of the things you do in soccer is hit the ball with your head. Multiple times, players not only hit the ball with their head, but they hit other players' heads with their heads. So... <laughs> Uh, we have talked a fair amount on this podcast about concussions, particularly in hockey, uh, but they do happen in basketball and to a certain extent in baseball, I guess, if somebody gets hit in the head with a baseball. Um, yeah, and catchers have problems with concussions. Right. Yes. So how big a problem is this in soccer and like, how is the awareness around it? It is a big problem. Um, in the grassroots level, they've really done a lot to address it. Um, mm. They have training that you have to go under to even coach a rec league to learn about this is concussion symptoms. If mm -hmm. this happens, you must take the player off. They cannot come back on. Mm -hmm. um, for the NWSL, for the World Cup, they have specific protocols in place that they have to follow that are set up, I think, by the league. Mm -hmm. um, I believe that the NWSL does have an independent doctor in addition to the team doctor mm -hmm. that helps evaluate that. Um, That's good. I, 
I think that uh, it might have been a Chicago game. I think Julie Ertz had to come off. Yes, I saw um, that. Yeah. And she had to go to the side, you notice. So mm -hmm. if the trainer comes onto the field to evaluate you for a concussion or for another injury, the player has to go to the side and the ref has to tell them it's mm -hmm. okay to come back on. Mm -hmm. So in that instance, the ref was very, very slow to let Juilliards on and her team, I believe were defending against a, either a corner kick or a penalty kick. Mm -hmm. And she needed to be on the field because the other team very easily could have scored mm. her being off. So there mm -hmm. were a lot of people very mad about that. That's the thing in soccer. If you like to be angry at refs, <laughs> <laughs> they give you plenty of reasons, especially in the NWSL. So I think all of, hockey too. all of our sports are good for that. <laughs> yeah, baseball. Uh, yeah, I'm going to take a, a quick left turn here because we talked about concussions. Did any of you guys see the video of um, Gus Kenworthy yes. practicing? Oh, no, oh. that wasn't where I thought you were going with that. So he just posted it yesterday, uh -huh. but he's practicing on a half pipe and he goes up one way and then he comes back up the other day, other way. And when he lands, he, he lands, lands with his head, head like, <gasps> like the, 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 the Ice is the ice. The snow is flat, and then goes down into the half pipe, and he lands with his head on the flat surface of the ice, and then just like flips over in the air. That's horrible. Oh. It was yeah, horrible. And I mean, thankfully, he says nothing is broken. I just got a concussion and bad whiplash. Oh, no kidding. No, see I... where I thought you were going with this was the baseball, the opening training day was it for the Yankees and somebody else and the pitcher took a baseball straight to the head um, yeah oh I just, missed that oh yeah it was a big deal and had to like be taken to the hospital and got monitored yeah. overnight because Wait, you mean concussions are bad <laughs> well they sure can be as somebody I don't who's know had the first one. few are probably fine <laughs> yeah there, there was... Maybe like three for free also a player that um, in the NWSL that had her jaw dislocated. Well, they thought it might be dislocated. Mm -hmm. And so she left the bubble to go get medical attention mm -hmm. because of that. So that was an interesting that happened near the head. Mm -hmm. um, soccer players do have headgear available that they can wear. Do Most they ever? Do not. Yes. If you watch O.L. Rain, mm -hmm. Bethany Balser... She's got this black headband-looking thing on that goes right across her forehead. Mm -hmm. Oh, that yeah, I did notice that. Yeah, that's a soccer headgear. I have one because I've had concussions that I blacked out from, from mm -hmm. a mixture of figure skating and soccer injuries. Mm -hmm. um, well, you shouldn't mix those two. <laughs> that's called ice here's hockey. smacking my head on the ice followed by hitting my head with the ball is a bad combination it does but, seem like it yeah so i wear headgear as well mm -hmm. and it's designed to take about 50 percent of the impact off oh that's really nice why have they not made that mandatory right that is my question as well yeah but they have made shin guards mandatory, and if you watch Lindsay Horan from the mm -hmm. national team and the Portland Thorns, try to find her shin guards. Mm. She wears very short socks. I'm sure she has something in there, but they're probably tiny, and they definitely aren't big enough to protect her shins. Mm -hmm. Why would you not wear shin guards? 
I don't. You're gonna know. get kicked. Like it's a hundred percent. You're gonna get kicked in the shin. Yeah, especially like you go up much... to bat, you might not get a baseball to the shin. You're gonna get kicked in the shins in soccer. Well, and she tackles people hard, and she gets tackled hard. So, really, it's a matter of time before she ends up with a broken Ugh. leg from that that takes longer than she would like to heal. Yeah, ten out of ten. Do not recommend. I mean, right. and when we stretchered her off, it was also, it was a neck injury. Mm. <laughs> and that was because she tackled somebody and it went <laughs> wrong for her. <laughs> I did not realize there was so much tackling in soccer. Yes. And one thing about the women's that's different than the men, and this came up in a game as well, they don't just go down. The women will fight to stay up, so they don't always get calls that they should because they stay on their feet. Mm. Whereas you watch the men's game, and they are flopping mm. like fish uh-huh. yes. all over the field. I remember that. I remember that oh, from yeah. watching the Men's World Cup. I was like, what are they doing? And they look like they're drunk. They're just falling over. These elaborate arm flailing. Yes. Oh, so yes. Weird. And yes. that was so funny compared to something like baseball, where pitcher hits you with the 90-plus per hour mile an hour fastball you're not supposed to rub the spot because that's not manly you're not supposed to act like you even got hit yeah (laughs) the men do it in soccer because then they get the call so they're trained to do that since they're little kids women do not want do not do that because they want to be tough they don't want to be perceived as weak which is also Uh, why they don't let you stretch them off when you should (laughs) (laughs) it shouldn't be their decision whether they get stretched off or not well, sometimes it is, and sometimes it isn't. Lindsay okay. Horan was not given the chance, the choice. Good. I will say Neck that. injury, yeah, yeah. But Michelle Bedos was allowed to be two person helps to walk to the side with a ruptured Achilles tendon, <laughs> and she wanted to just tape it and go back out and play. <laughs> you could okay. not pay me enough money to do that. You I mean, could not pay me. This, I mean, so that's that makes her the Clay Thompson of of soccer yeah. because in the championships when Clay Thompson tore his, it wasn't his Achilles, I think it was his ACL. He came jogging back out of the tunnel, took his free throws, and definitely told Steve Kerr to put him back in for the rest <laughs> of the game. And they didn't figure out until they got him in the back that in fact he had entirely torn his ACL. Because he just was yeah, like bouncing. That. Yeah, he was like literally jumping on the sideline. So, <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> All right. New topic. So, New topic. <laughs> <laughs> so, we're at like a minute 20. So, I want to, Rachel, did you have anything else you noticed about the game that you wanted to bring up? Um, I was curious, so there's a a home team and an away team for every match in soccer. What's what's the practical difference Um, in that? Usually they have a home stadium that they get to play at if they're the home team. In this case, all games are in Utah and there's no crowd. So um, it it comes down to who gets to kick off the ball first and then what color of jersey you're going to wear. Whether you wear your home or away jersey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So typically okay. the home jerseys are the colored jerseys and the away jerseys are the white. Yep. Mm-hmm. I think that's pretty standard across mm-hmm. boards. Yeah. 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 I think that white shorts are a very bad idea. I'm just going to say that. 
Yeah. In general, yeah. especially after reasonable. Labor Day. um so mandy was there anything that stood out to you about this game what did you notice what did you i have a whole sheet of notes yes lay it on us so the first thing i want to tell you since you're a rose lavelle fan i like there's a there's a shirt called rose lavelle is good at soccer that you can buy oh my goodness (laughs) i need this also follow her twitter because she has pictures of her dog on with her all the time and it's cute um the next thing that i noted was that um bledsoe is washington's Mm -hmm. goalie um she was she's a really good goalie as i said earlier Mm -hmm. i remember um, thinking that yeah but in the the 12th minute there was there was a play that i i wrote this note i said was that save skill or was it luck i think she Mm. tempted fate Mm. Um, the 21st minute, there's a set piece. So set piece is, uh, either a free kick or a penalty kick someplace where the ball is set in a place and the player will run up and kick the ball. And, um, it, it was a, a, it was a penalty kick and it was one of the ones where, uh, North Carolina had two players standing there and you didn't know which one was going to take it. Usually Mm -hmm. they will do a fake and the first player will run by and the next player hits it. They did a double fake. Neither player hit it. They both ran past it. And then one of them doubled back. Wow. A short (laughs) little pass. And it was a waste of a set piece because they passed it then up to one of the players on the flank and it just ended up going out of bounds. Aww. It would have been way better to take the shot at the goal, in my opinion. Um, the first half of the game, Washington half, did, Washington Spirit did a really good job. Yeah, um, they did. La- last year, North Carolina would just steamroll people. It would have been a five or six to nothing game. Wow. Um, so to hold them to 2-0 was really good. They the really first half down the seemed really even. Yeah. Yes. So what happens with North Carolina and the reason that they are so dominant is they train harder. I'm going to say, don't hate me for this. people. <laughs> but they, they do. They are really well conditioned. They have mm-hmm. more stamina and endurance than everyone else. Mm-hmm. And that's why their goals almost always tend to come in the second half. They just, mm. They might get one or two in the first half. Um, by the end of by the second half, there just is an onslaught because mm-hmm. they have worn out the other team and made mm-hmm. them tired. Um, the other thing, so, so that first- that plays into though because I remember in that game they held Rose Lavelle and Ashley Hatch until the second half. They didn't. The spirit didn't even put them in. So. Yeah. Was that an intentional thing to try and counter the North Carolina Courage's, like, overall stamina? Most likely, yeah, they want fresh legs, mm-hmm. so they, they have a chance. But Ashley so, Hatch and Rose Lavelle are both attackers, mm-hmm. so they're going to do less defending, and really the defending is the key with North Carolina, because they will find uh, the first goal, for instance... Lynn Williams, mm-hmm. who seemed amazing. Player. Yeah, she is. Yeah. She is amazing. She found all the space in the world. If you watch that video again, there was nobody around mm. anywhere to stop her, and she, it was a complete defensive t- 
failure. And she just one-on-one with the goalie. She looked like she was going to take it far post, which means the further away end mm-hmm. of the goal. And she just tucked it in right in front of her. The goalkeeper had already committed to going the other way and there was nothing she could do. Mm-hmm. And then 10 minutes later, there was the second goal. Mm-hmm. And that one, Dabina, who is mm-hmm. Brazilian. So the Brazilians right. only have their last name or you just call them by their first name. Sorry, not last name. So Martha and Dabina. Okay. Okay. Uh, who's some of the others. So yeah, everyone else has a first and last name, but if you're Brazilian, you go by your first name. Cause you're okay. there. Um, men's and women's. Um, but she got a cross from, I believe it was uh, Crystal Dunn, who's on the national team. And all the defenders were around every other player and they had left Sabina wide open. Mm-hmm, so I remember all that. she had to do was just sneak it in there again. There mm-hmm. was, the goalie was looking the other way. And yeah. Was, and then they just sort of, um, I think after that, Washington substituted off Houston, the redheaded one. Mm-hmm. She's one of the only redheaded players in the league. Yeah, she's so, easy <laughs> to keep track of. But she looked like she was completely gassed. And as soon as they got her off in a fresh-legged defender on, Washington started to hold them off again, but the damage was basically mm-hmm. done. Mm-hmm. Is there is there a, a salary disparity between the North Carolina team and the others? Like, do they um, somehow have more time or resource or whatever to work on that conditioning than some of the other teams do? No. Okay. <laughs> just, so basically, in fact, some of the players that they have, um, Merritt Mathias, who's injured, so you won't see her in this tournament, but she's usually, last year was a big factor for them. Um, she played for the Rain before. We traded her for, I think, a draft pick, which is way undervalued. <laughs> um but what they have done is it's just their system, their coach, okay. and the types of players that they have chosen. Not all of them got any recognition, really, before they were on that North Carolina team. Mm-hmm. And it's just the way that that coach is working them. Like, Merritt was good for Seattle Reign, but she was nothing like she's been hmm. North Carolina. Wow. Okay. And okay. Lynn, Lynn Williams and a lot of the others, they were on other teams and weren't making any waves with the national team and then got on North Carolina and suddenly, I mean, they're unstoppable. So Hmm. that's really interesting. So it really is a case of just like the team is better. Yeah. Yeah. Cause the the teams all have salary caps Mm -hmm. that are pretty low. Like they're so low that the top amount the top dollar that you can play your payers you could only pay like maybe three of your players that and then everyone else would have to be making the minimum Mm -hmm. so usually like nobody makes the maximum everybody is Mm -hmm. like there is a new rule this year that they have some extra discretionary money to bring in big name internationals and stuff Mm. um and to pay their veteran veterans that have been playing in the league for six or more years a better living wage so they don't have to retire mm-hmm. to live. 
So they have to retire to their other job that they have to have. Yeah, I mean, in order to support themselves. Most, most of the non-national team players will be coaching soccer on the side. Some of them have been nannies. They've been dog walkers. Mm-hmm. Like, right. Yeah. Right. All right. Well, I think that is a good amount of soccer for us to <laughs> consider and absorb. Was there any final thoughts you had, Mandy, that you wanted to leave us with? Or does that about wrap it up for you? Uh, I think I, I really have probably made everybody's head explode. <laughs> um, it's good. It's what we like. But I'm just going to say for the NWSL, find your favorite team, find a local team, mm-hmm. find the supporters group, um, find the fans. Even virtually they're out there. And you can show up and not know anything as long as you are willing to just scream next to them. You're part of the family, and they will teach you and explain to you what's going on until you understand. So that's and awesome. Like, there's yeah. not a snobbery. Like, you don't have to get it right. You can say offsides with an S on the end, and <laughs> give you a, a a look. And everybody's gonna call wrong yellow cards, and like even me, I said stupid things about goal differential. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be forgiven. They won't kick me out for that. Oh, good. <laughs> well, the rest of us always get everything right all the mm, time. Definitely. So oh, yeah. yes. shouldn't be a problem yes. for us. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah, it's the motto of this podcast. We are always 100% correct. Yep. <laughs> yes. Yep. Yep. I'm well, writing that down. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mandy, it's been such a pleasure having you on this podcast. This has been really great. So thank you for making the time to join us and to explain soccer to us. And hopefully we will be able to have you back to talk about soccer again uh, at other points. And in the meantime, I'm going to make Rebecca tell us where we can be found online because she's very good at this. Yes. And for once, she actually has the sheet up in front of her to read off of. What? So round you can of email applause, us. Everyone. I know, right? Round what is this? Of Episode 18? I finally pulled it up. <laughs> so you can email us at foulpuckpodcast at gmail.com. I will not read the password, which is also on this sheet. Thank you for that. <laughs> we are on Instagram at foulpuckpodcast. Twitter at FoulPuckPod and Facebook at FoulPuckPod. And our email, nope, our website is FoulPuckPodcast.net. Correct. Hooray. And we will also um, post Mandy's info up there if you are interested in contacting her about uh, personal training or about the, uh, what was it, Girl Boss Sports? Is that that the Girl Boss I- Sports, yeah. Girl That's Boss. Uh, okay. soccer and goalkeeper training for all levels and ages. Awesome. And we will share that info in case you want to follow up on any of that. So, oh, I would say thank you to Joe for doing our editing and thank you to Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com for our music. Yes, Rachel is on it. And job, for f- I have foul one job. Bug pot. I uh, continue to be Nancy. I am Rachel. I'm Rebecca. And we will catch you next time. Thank you so much for tuning in. 